chapter 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the, the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving to you to possess it. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we count it a privilege to have your word. We are blessed with it. We think of the shoeboxes going into so many areas where they don't even have that word. And Father, we thank you that you've blessed us in that way. Give us the wisdom this morning to look at what is being said and to apply it to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking this morning of a couple of the problems that come with preaching. Uh, the first one that came to mind is if you're going to preach, you need to be willing to practice what you preach. That's why what, years ago I was thankful that Pastor Jim decided to uh, do the book of James. Uh, I, I hate to do the opening part of the book of James. Uh, talks about falling into diverse trials and so forth. Uh, uh, invariably, when I preach on James, God has a trial to put me through just to see if I'm going to do it or not, uh, rejoice or not. The other area is that uh, I, I don't know if Pastor Tim or Pastor Jim ever, ever wrestle with this one, but uh, you find out a lot of times people don't apply what you preach. Uh, four weeks ago, I gave a message entitled joy in the snow <laughs> and, and, and did you notice that week we got a snowstorm <laughs> it, it it came back to my mind as i stepped out this morning I, I like to go out when it's still dark and start my walk and i didn't realize there was snow on the deck until i stepped out on the deck and uh, i i seem to think that maybe some of you didn't apply that message and so the Lord's given you another chance to do that because my message to today is entitled, Some Things Never Change. <laughs> so you better get used to that and you better apply that or, or else we're just going to keep getting more and more snow. 
But uh, as I thought of that title, I'm reminded that we are facing some times of tremendous change. We have a change in our political world. We have a change with the, the pandemic. We have a change with the weather. Closer to home, we have a change in pastors. Pastor Tim has arrived and Chris, and uh, I, I want to say very clearly at the very beginning, I did not prepare this message for Pastor Tim. Uh, Pete called me, I think it was three weeks ago, and asked if I, I would g- give a message this morning. I had, had no idea that Pastor Tim and his wife, Chris, w- would be here. So this message is not for them. It's for you. Okay, (laughs) I I, want to make that very clear from the beginning. Don't sit back and say, well, yeah, there's a change going on and I can sit back and be comfortable now. No, it's for you. uh, God has a message in all of this, in this for for all of us, I I believe. Uh, Some things change. Uh, Pastor Tim is going to be different than Pastor Dan. I... uh, that may take some getting used to, and that's okay. I want to commend the search committee for their hard work and diligence in in bringing us a, a pastor. I don't know if you have any idea the the number of hours that went went into that, and, and the the weeks and, and so forth. My encouragement to that committee when I resigned a year and a half ago now, almost two years ago, I guess, when I gave that announcement, was don't try to find another pastor down. I wouldn't wish that on any congregation. <laughs> you, you, you had 11 years of that. Uh, I believe that, and I encourage the, the search committee to look for somebody that had differing gifts because I believe God wants to do something new in our midst. He wants to move us forward. And it, it wasn't another pastor Dan that was going to do that. It, it's a pastor Tim. Uh, and, and I, I believe God's answered that prayer. And I'm excited about what God is, is about to do or going to do in the months to come here. We're not the first to experience those kind of changes. When we come to the book of Joshua, we're, we're put right in the middle of one of those times. In, in, if you read the last chapter of Deuteronomy, you'll find that the Lord called Moses home. Uh, he buried him up on the mountain. Nobody has any idea where that took place but uh, it did and now it's Joshua's time to assume responsibility here and the Lord sought I think to encourage Joshua at that time he comes to him with a message but in reality it is a message not for Joshua alone it was a message for the whole congregation of Israel notice when you come down to verse 3 verse 2 he's speaking to to Joshua, verse 2, he said, uh, uh, no, in verse 2, he says, I'm, I'm giving them to the sons of Israel. So he, he's including them in this message. In reality, there was no way that Joshua could do what God was asking him to do alone. He couldn't go in and conquer the land. He couldn't go in and drive out the enemy by himself. It took the congregation to, to do that. And the same thing is true here today. This is not a time for us to sit back and say, let's let Pastor Tim do it all. He can't do it. 
You have gifts that have to be exercised. The work is not finished. You have an important part to play in building this church. It's a joint venture. It began in Matthew chapter 16 when God or Jesus said to his disciples, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then you come down, if you read on, you come down and we'll come back to that passage in just a few minutes, but uh, come down to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it speaks of the fact that we are God's husbandmen, we're God's building and so forth. And he goes on to say, you are laborers together with God. It's not one person. It's all of us that are laborers together with God. Don't sit back and assume your work is finished. You have been gifted to serve. First First Peter chapter four, verse 10 speaks of the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And he goes on to reveal there the purpose for spiritual gifts. They're not for our edification alone. They're, they're, They're not to bless ourselves. They are to be used to serve the body of Jesus Christ. So you have been given a gift. Use it to the glory of Jesus Christ. I was encouraged this morning uh, when, when I saw the musicians up here and I got a feeling that God's giving a gift to Bennett and he was up here using it. I, I wish sometimes some of the, the adults would be as quick to do that as, as kids are uh, and, and because if the job's going to get done, we all have to be involved in it. Times of change come to all of us. Times of change can be difficult. We have been working through, or I have been personally working through a time of change this summer. I, I retired my faithful typewriter. Matter of fact, I put it out in the garage and I've gone to the computer. <laughs> that has been a tremendous time of change uh, as I try to move into the 21st century. <laughs> it, uh, just uh, two weeks ago, I was working on something. And again, you guessed it, the screen went blank. <laughs> and I lost everything I had been working on. My, my typewriter never did that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yet I'm, I'm determined to see that through and, and, and get to where I can be comfortable with the, the computer. But they're difficult. They can also be times of apprehension. What can we expect? What is God going to do that's different? Are we going to have to move out of some of our comfort zones? We, we, we like to be comfortable, don't we? And yet change forces us to move out of that comfort zone. I, I think of the questions that arise. What can we expect? What is Pastor Tim going to do differently? I can't answer those questions today. There will be changes. He's different than I am. He has a different uh, leadership style than I, I do, I'm sure. Uh, different expectations. But uh, what I want us to look at in this passage is not so much the changes, but as Mark Larry sings that song in one of the Gaither videos, Some Things Never Change. Now, he sings it a little bit differently than that. He, he, he's got that southern accent. Uh, Tim, do you have a southern accent? No. Okay. (laughs) We're we're safe there then. Uh, The song goes, some things never change, y'all. Now, I I spent four years in Texas. I I never quite picked up that that lingo while while I was there. But some things never change. And that's what I want us to look at today. Uh, I am well aware of the fact that all, all of us face changes. 
If you don't believe that, take a look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, the, the, a lot of things have changed over the years, haven't they? Uh, I, my, my barber likes to remind me that uh, my hair is getting thin on the top. Uh, I, I, I like to tell her, you know what? Who wants fat hair? <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's a change. It, 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 all of us face it. We, our families change. Our, fam- our kids grow up and move on. Some of you are facing the empty nest syndrome. Some of you think, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> but you will. Th- those things are just a fact of life. They, they do change. But what was God saying here to Joshua and to the congregation that was going to remain the same? That's what I uh, I want us to focus on as we confront the changes that we're experiencing in America, uh, as we confront the changes that we experience in our personal life and in our church, what doesn't change? The first one is, uh, and I I got it mixed up in in your notes. You got a long blank after the first one. The first one is simply God's purposes. I, I forgot to tell Evelyn to leave some of those words out so you'd have some blanks to fill in. You don't have any blanks to fill in. It's all done for you there this morning. The, the, the first thing that doesn't change is God's purpose. God, in his love and in his grace, had given the promised land to Israel. It went back 450 years before the time that we were reading about here to the days of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13, God made a promise to Abraham. And that was to give him and to his descendants the promised land. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 11, 24 and 25, challenged the the children of Israel with that same thought as they came up to Kadesh Barnea. They they were standing on the threshold of the promised land. They sent spies in and their unbelief kept them from going in to the promised land. That did not nullify God's purpose. God's purpose was to give them their land. It delayed it for 40 years, and uh, but it still was coming to pass. I'm, I'm going to steal a, a little line from Tom. Uh, Tom, I hope you forgive me for that. But uh, Tom preached uh, a message two weeks ago on the opening chapters of Habakkuk, opening chapter of Habakkuk. If you haven't taken the time to read the rest of that book. It's only three short chapters. You can do it in just a few minutes. Go back home and read it today. It is a message I think he could have written for America today. And so we need to dig in and find out what that message was. But one of the things that Tom said that really impressed me, and I even wrote it down in my bulletin, and then I went home, and one of the things you can do with a computer is you can insert stuff in there that you can't do with a typewriter. So uh, they, they do have their advantages. So I, I, I inserted it in today's message. He made the statement, God, God's delays are not God's denials. I'm not sure I got that word for word the way Tom gave it to us, but uh, that, that was, a, a, I thought, a profound statement that, that he made there. God's delays are not God's denials. His timetable may be different than ours, but he will keep his word. He will keep his promises to us. He will fulfill his purposes. We struggled with that the last year and a half. What does God have for us? I, I still remember preaching last, the end of May, uh, a year ago now, uh, my final message, uh, uh, looking at, at 
the end of Genesis chapter 11, the beginning of chapter 12, and going home and saying, we're finished. It's over. And uh, the next morning, Ginger said, are you going into the office today? And I said, no way. I'm done. I said, I'm going to go in eventually this week just to pack up my books and desk and stuff. But uh, nope, I'm finished. And then the phone rang. And one of our young ladies was in the hospital facing a surgery. And uh, I know how scary that can be to a child. I, I never entered a hospital until well except when I was born I guess but I, I, I never entered a hospital till I was a, a senior in college and, and I still remember as I was being wheeled in for an emergency appendix operation the, the fear that, that I felt you know you see all those lights in there all those instruments you know, what in the world's going to happen here and, and, and I still remember the nurse that was uh, pushing me in there looked down she must have seen the fear on my face because she said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, yes. She knew I, I was a student at, at Laterno College, so she assumed I was a, a child of God at least. She said, well, I just want you to know I'm going to be in here the whole time. I'm a Christian, and I'm going to be praying for you. She just lifted that burden off of my shoulders. And, and, and as I thought of a child in the hospital bed facing an operation, I said, we're not finished Let's get in the car and let's go to Spokane. And we did. Uh, over the last several months, a uh, year and a half, there have been times where God has said, you're not quite finished. Somebody needed prayer. Somebody needed some counseling or somebody was in the hospital before the pandemic that we could go and visit. I, I'm kind of excited today because I think God is saying, you got a new shepherd. Your job's done here. I don't know what the future holds, but uh, I'm saying praise the Lord for, for what it does hold. God's purposes today, I think, is not to give us the promised land. God's purpose today is what we read in Matthew 16. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I believe God is still at work and he will accomplish that purpose here. Pastor Tim will lead us. Uh, as someone wisely said, there comes a time when God changes his, his workmen, but his work goes on. And that work will continue. And God is going to continue to do that. And you have an important part to play in that. Just as Joshua could not do it alone, he needed the children of Israel. We are laborers together with God. We love to quote Ephesians chapter 2, 8, and 9. Most of you could quote that to me. I won't ask you to put you on the spot, but it says, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We, we, we love that verse because there's our salvation experience for us. But sometimes I think we stop just a little bit too short when we read that because notice what verse 10 says. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? To sit back and take it easy? No, that's not what it says. He said, we are created uh, for good works, which God prepared that you that we should walk in that. We are saved to serve. We are saved to be part of his harvest force. Uh, we are saved to, to minister and to reach out to, to others there. Uh, and so as, as we're in a time of change, 
I think it's good for all of us to ask, what part would God have you play in fulfilling the purpose of this church? Why has God placed you here? What, what gifts do you have? What are, are you using them to the glory of Jesus Christ? Uh, are you willing to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? There is a work that needs to be done. We all need to be involved in that process. The second thing that doesn't change here is the clock. It keeps going. Uh, the second thing that doesn't change is God's promises, verses 7 through 8. Now, you notice three times in this passage, there's a phrase that's repeated there. Starts in verse 6, comes out in verse 7, and in verse 9. Be strong and courageous. It, it's repeated three times, I think, for our benefit. That's why I split it up into three things that, that don't change here. Uh, three times he encouraged Joshua and the people to be strong, to be courageous. We come across that same thought in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6, as he reveals the, the armor of God and so forth, he says, we are to be strong in the power of the Lord. We are to be courageous there. Why? Because God has a work for us to do. And so as we look at the second one, God's promise there, as he repeats that phrase, what is it that he is asking them to hold on to as far as the promise is concerned? I think seven and eight brings it clearly home to us there. He said, God has promised them prosperity. He's promised them blessing. He's promised them success, but they have to be strong and courageous to follow the word of God. That was the, the key to them having that success. In Deuteronomy chapter uh, 11, verse 26, we, we read these words. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God for which I am commanding you today, and the curse if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God. So it, they had the responsibility of listening to the word. God had the responsibility of fulfilling the promises. And God is able to keep his word to us today. For Israel, it was a physical blessing. If they followed the word, they would have the joy of living in the land, of enjoying the, the harvest and so forth. If, if they didn't follow the Lord, then the, the curse would, would come upon them. The fact remains today that you and I are tremendously blessed of God. We are recipients of some tremendous promises. I sometimes wonder, do we even know what they are? Ephesians 1, 3 says, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. We have been tremendously blessed. You want to keep those blessings? Get into the word of God. Find out what those promises are. Find out what your responsibility is so that God can continue to pour out his blessing upon you. Yeah, it's interesting in, in Matthew chapter 16. We talked about that earlier. In verse 18, Peter responds to the Lord, thou art the Christ and so forth. And, and he, he reveals to Peter that you didn't receive that from flesh and blood. But he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, we like that. That's a tremendous promise there that the Lord has for us. But then as you look at that and you go on just a few verses further, in, uh, he begins to reveal verses 24 or 
21 through 23, that he's going to go to the cross. And Peter rebukes him. And uh, the Lord has to rebuke Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. And then in verse 24, he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And then come down to verse 27. It says, the son of man is going to come in the glory of his father with his angels and will then recompense every man according to his deeds. Did you know that? Notice the progression there. He's going to build his church. He's going to use us as part of that process, but it may involve for you and I that we have to take up a cross and follow him. We have to deny ourselves. You say, what kind of a promise is that? Well, did you notice in verse 27 there, the promise comes that when Jesus Christ returns, we enter into the reward if we follow him faithfully. Sometimes we're rewarded in this lifetime. Sometimes we're not. But we need to remember that God has not promised you and I a bed of roses as we walk through this life. Matter of fact, he's given us some of the thorns along the way. But in John chapter 16, he said, in in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, we have had some, haven't we? But he said, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Now, it doesn't seem to us from our perspective that he's overcome the world, does it? But he sees the end as well as the beginning. His purpose will be worked out. I, I don't pretend to be a prophet. I don't know what's going to happen as far as the election is concerned or what changes that's going to make for us. But ultimately, Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will accomplish his purpose. And we may have to wait till glory to see the full result of that. But praise the Lord, he will finish what he started. Philippians 1, 6 says, he that hath begun a good work in you will do it, what? Till the next election? No, not quite. So he's going to do it till the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I I, I love verse 18 there. It says, we are being transformed from glory to glory. We're not home yet, folks. We're still in that process of being transformed from glory to glory. There will be struggles. There will be battles. The the children of Israel faced uh, years of battles before they fully possessed the land. It it was just a fact of life for that. Praise the Lord. God's promise to us is someday the battle will be over. First John chapter two or chapter three speaks of the fact that we are loved of God. We, we have the privilege of being called the children of God. And then he goes on to say the day is coming when we will be like Jesus Christ because we will see him as he is. When is that day? I think that's when we get home to be with him in glory. In the meantime, we're growing, we're, we're moving forward, but uh, the ultimate blessing comes in eternity. Don't look for the full blessing of God in this world. Your reward awaits the day when you cross the finish line and hopefully hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Keep serving, keep following the, the Lord. Stay in the book Meditate on it, follow it, and you will be blessed. I I like Hebrews 6, verse 10, where he says, 
God is not unkind or unjust to forget your work and labor of love. Nobody else may recognize some of the things that you do. Nobody else may give you credit for for some of the things that, that you have done or experienced. But God does. I, I, I have a job this morning for our, our musicians. I, I was thinking as I was going over this, we, we sometimes sing that song, it will be worth it all. Now, musicians, uh, I, I've tried to change that a little bit, but I, I just can't do it myself. Uh, I think in heaven, we're going to have to sing something to the effect, it was worth it all. But that doesn't quite fit. Will be and was that. There's an extra syllable in there, so musicians, fill it in for me, will you? And, and get it ready for us to, to sing in glory. Because someday it's, we're going to see that God kept his promises. Abraham experienced that. Abraham was given that promise of the land from the Lord, and uh, Hebrews 6 speaks of the fact that God swore by himself because there was no one greater. That, that he would bless Abraham. You come down to Hebrews chapter 13, 11, verse 13. It says, all of these did what? They died in faith without having received the promise. And yet he went on to say, God's not ashamed to be called their God because God had something better prepared for them, a, a, a city that has foundations, with uh, something this world could not offer there. God is faithful. He will keep his promises to you. You can rest on that fact today. And then the third thing here that that never changes is God's presence. Again, verse 9, notice he comes back to that phrase, be strong, be courageous, don't be trembled or be dismayed. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have hated to be in Joshua's sandals. Just think of the tremendous responsibility that he had. Just think of what he was facing at that time. The same problems that the nation faced when they were on the border of Kadesh, Barnea, and said, we can't go in, it's too much for us. The same problems were faced again. The armies were still in there. The walled cities still stood. The the giants were still in the land. Where do you start that kind of a daunting task? And let's be honest, we're not immune to those fears and doubts when we face changes. They, they crowd into our hearts and lives. How do we move forward in those times? How do we adjust to the changes? How do we realize God's blessing upon us today? It comes when we are convinced that the Lord, your God, is with you. That is repeated over and over again in Scripture. Isaiah 41, verse 10, the Lord came to Isaiah and said, Fear thou not. Why? For I am with you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you, he goes on to say to him there, in the midst of all that Isaiah was facing. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he said, Lo, I, or he said, the Lord will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, he said, go into all the world, the uttermost parts of the world, and lo, I am with you always. No matter where we find ourselves, no matter the changes that God brings into our lives, and those changes I think today are many for us in in the society in which we live, we can rest in the fact that God is there. We can rest in the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
today and forever. His presence will be with us through all of the changes and transitions that come into our lives. And so as we think about that, some questions come to mind. First of all, what part does God want you to play in this church? What part does God want you to play in the work and and the ministry that he has given to us in Chihuahua? You cannot sit back and expect Pastor Tim to do all of the work. It won't, it isn't possible. He needs you to be laborers together in the harvest field. God is going to build his church, but you have a responsibility in that process. You have a, a work to do. He's gifted you for a purpose. What is it that God is asking of you today? We are facing many needs, children's ministry, sharing in the community, uh, reaching out to the lost. How do, how do we do that? How do we get involved? You know, did it ever occur to you that you are not here just to warm that chair? You are here to serve. Get involved. Let God work through you to complete the work that he wants to do in and through this church. And then, are you resting in his promises today? Do you even know what his promises to you are today? Have you been in the book? Have you been meditating on it and applying it to your lives? You need to take some time. Like I said, if if you haven't finished reading Habakkuk, do it. Those last few verses of that book, I think, have a tremendous message for today. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> you got to read it for yourself. Go, go back and read it and, and find out what is God promising there? What, what is he saying to us today? And then are you aware of the fact that God is right here with us today? We don't need to fear. We don't need to be dismayed. We, we don't need to be upset with the turn of events because God is still God. God is still on the throne and we can rest in that fact today. I like, uh, and we didn't take time to read the rest of chapter one of Joshua, but I, I like what happens at the end of the chapter. The Lord delivers this message. He tells them to get ready to go into the land and then there's two and a half tribes. They've already gotten their possession. That they've already received the part of the promised land that, that they were to have. But they were commanded to go with the armies, send their men to help the others secure their possession there. Notice you come down to verse 18 or 17 there or 16. The Lord Joshua commands them, uh, re- rehearses the command that God gave to them. In verse 17, they said, just as we obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. What a what a tremendous encouragement that must have been. As in verse 18, they come back and repeat what the Lord said. Be strong and courageous. We're standing with you. We're going in there. We're going to face the battles together with you. We're, we're going to see this through to the end. We need men and women like that today who will rise up and say, We've got a church to build. We've got a job that needs to be done in Chihuahua. And we're going to stand together and accomplish what God has for us there. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And uh, I'm going to give you a time of silent prayer. 
I'll close in, in a word of prayer. But I think now is the time for each one of us to search our hearts. And first of all, ask, are we willing to pray, Lord, what would you have me to do? What part would you have me to serve in building this church? What gifts have you given me that I, that I can use for the glory of Jesus Christ? If you've just been sitting back and not using your gifts, maybe this is the time to ask the Lord's forgiveness and, and ask God to cleanse your heart and, as, as we move forward. And, and then as, as you pray also, what is his promise to you? What is he saying? What blessing does he bring into your mind and heart today? And then take a moment and just say, thank you, Lord, that in the midst of all of this change, you're there with us. So take a moment and search your hearts before the Lord. Father, there are issues here that every one of us need to wrestle with. And we can't answer those questions for one another. I I can only ask personally, what would you have me to do? What is your plan for us? But I, I can't do that for each individual here. They have to ask that question themselves. Give us the courage, the strength to move forward to the glory of Jesus Christ, knowing that you're still on the throne. You're still God. You will be with us through it all. And someday we will be able to sing, it was worth it all. We'll give you praise and thanks for that in glory. In Jesus' name, amen.